Jesus uttered these words 2,000 years ago. How are they going to beat ISIS? I don't think it's going to happen. But, but he has these bizarre ideas about what Christianity stands for and what it means. Atomic bombs and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when he does, you will no longer be a homosexual, but you will be a heterosexual. And that's what it means to be white. To say that you're standing on your own ground and standing on somebody else's and then mystify the whole process. This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins. Faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, and or out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. We won't be trying to answer difficult questions. Rather, we'll be engaging them and asking better ones regarding faith, race, gender, and religion. I'm your host, Daniel White Hodge. Hey folks, hey folks, hey folks, how you doing? What's happening out there? Podcasters, podcast land. This your boy, Dan White Hodgin, the place to be. Oh, here we go. Another week, another podcast, another conversation. Um, well, if this is your first time listening to Profane Faith, welcome. As always, I always recommend folks to go back and listen to episode zero zero, uh, way back in the annals of uh, or the uh, the archives, if you will, of um, Profane Faith. Uh, yes, it uh, it helps set up the kind of the premise for this this podcast and it just gives folks an overview of kind of what it's about so again welcome appreciate it and maybe you're just snooping around and just like hey i just want to see what's happening and i've heard a lot of great things about this podcast and so i just want to check this episode out that's great that's fine too you know what i'm saying that's all good but uh if you got a chance episode zero zero and then of course episode one for those of you who really snoopy and want to know about your boy and my life and kind of my own well, to use evangelical language, testimony, right? Uh, that That's that episode. And then the extended version, I don't know if a lot of you knew this, the extended version is actually on SoundCloud. So if you look, go on SoundCloud and look up White Hodge Podcasts, there is a, a whole, all, well, basically all the episodes. Um, and then I usually put up episodes there that are unedited. And I'll try to tell folks, you know, beforehand, most of the episodes there are the same ones you're hearing on iTunes and whatnot. Uh, but if like an episode goes long, um, you know, I'll cut it for the regular show. But then, you know, for SoundCloud, it'll, you know, it'll be longer. It'll be that extra. So if you get a chance, the other thing, too, is follow brother on uh, follow and like over on, on SoundCloud. We can always use the uh you know the the love over in that area and whatnot. These uh these days it's a trip to um, be thinking about you know how music and podcasting and all that stuff is distributed, especially when it was so locked up during the analog era where you know you had to have a tape and you had to know the calibration of that tape machine. What tape formula were you going to be using? How are you going to be engaging, you know, with, you know, the, you know, what board and all that stuff that you're going to be using. And now everything's in the box, laptop, you can do stuff on your phone and so in your, your tablet. So it's, it's always amazing to me, uh, just kind of where we've been having lived through that time. Those of you who are live during this time, it's probably like, we don't, can't do enough, but coming from that previous era, my gosh, it's like the world is your palate. Oh, Oh my goodness! Well, hopefully you enjoyed last week. Last week we were look. Uh, I had a I had a conversation with the mini, 
the mini uh, again a christian uh, band uh, really broke it down and looking at lament and suffering played some of their songs if you hadn't had a chance check out their album i highly recommend it uh, they're a great group and you know one of the few bands that i can actually recommend and say man they're talking about some stuff well beyond just praise and worship right uh, getting into that um, you know, I think this week is interesting because I really wanted to highlight story uh, in this week's episode. I think story is important. I think oftentimes we overlook uh, uh, certain stories. We, you know, it's, and it's easy, and that's why I say testimony because I think it's easy oftentimes to to overlook the the good, the bad. Well, it's 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 obviously easy to overlook the uh, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> right. It's always easier to do the, the good uh, is what I always tell folks. It's easier to do the sacred than it is the profane and the secular. Um, so this week's guest, she breaks down her story. What it what where, where has she been? What has she thought about? What how does she process things? What how does she think about God? How does she think about her own femininity? How does she think about feminism, womanism? in this time, in this era of Trump, how do you process sexual abuse in this time, in this era? Um, and so I really, really wanted to watch to, to have y'all check this, this story out and, you know, peep it out a little bit, because I think it's important to just listen to different parts of story. I mean, I think, I don't think I know story is really important in this era that we live in right now. I mean, everywhere you look, it's story. When you go on a commercial, it's story. When you when you watch a football game, it's story, right? They're, they're giving you, when you watch a baseball game, if you watch the pre-show, it's all about story. Um, so we are in the midst of a time where we are unraveling and, and in a good way, uh, what it really means to, to have a story and have a, you know, what is that story? look like so my of course with with with, with, as always i always ask the question whose story is being told how is that story being told and who is anyone speaking that story for someone else right and so uh that's a big that's a big theme this this uh this week and that's why again that's why i wanted to bring it to you and kind of break some things down because i think it's important um and and i also think it's just great to hear where folks have been um, and what some of the some of the places and 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 faces and uh, they've been spaces and places and faces that they've seen. Um, I think it's also important to to look at and engage with. So, as always, you know, profane face. We're trying to bring you different conversations, different versions. Uh, I have you know, more calls out. I have some great guests being lined up. In fact, American Academy of Religion is coming up. I got a great. You're gonna love this. A two part series. For the American Academy of Religion Conference coming up here in San Diego. Um, also getting ready to launch another podcast uh, called Progressively Black. And I'm going to be co-hosting that with uh, Tamisha Tyler, who's been on the show a couple of different times. And I, she is amazing. She's finishing up her PhD at Fuller in Theology and Culture. She actually just took over the, I believe it's the executive director position. It might be assisting Khaled, who has also been on the show. Uh, it's ARC, the, it is the I, can't, I can't remember the acronym, but it's ARC. It deals with arts and like religion and faith and all that, those great intersections and overlaps. A bunch of creatives, you Enneagram 4, uh, it's all the Enneagram 4s and, and whatnot <laughs> over there, right? Um, but she just got that new position, which I'm really hyped for. Uh, and I know I've talked a little bit about, you know, progressive like, but we're hoping to launch during Black History Month. We've already got about five episodes recorded i think we're looking to, to launch about eight 
um, have them all out at once. Uh, these would definitely be between the 20 and 30 minute mark, a little bit more, you know, zoom, 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 zip, zip, zip. And she's helping me keep these easy interviews at 20 and 30 minutes. Um, but uh, it's really particularly looking at what does it mean to be black? What does it mean to be a Christian? And what does it mean to think progressively? What does it mean to think beyond the typically, you know, when you think about black folks, we're very conservative religiously. We're very, you know, theologically conservative, uh, sometimes socially even conservative. Um, but uh, both Tamisha and Tyler and I are not. And I'm excited to get this podcast going. So you'll be hearing more just to kind of give you a little bit of a heads up. But that's coming. And we're going to be recording some episodes uh, when we're in San Diego this year. This year, the, the conference is in San Diego, warm San Diego, because woo, doggies. It's starting to cool off. In fact, we are expecting snow, three to six inches of snow. Oh, Lord. Probably by the time you hear this, we'll have already had snow. I hope it's already melted by the time you listen to this because, oh, my gosh. It's, you know, and here's the thing. I can deal with snow. It's the frigid temperatures that come with. It's supposed to be 14 with a wind chill. So we're already starting on wind chill. It's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm a little saddened by this. I wish I, wish I could have gotten one more mowing in on my lawn. But alas... I did not. So back to what I was talking about. Two part episode coming up uh, with the great Dr. Monica Miller and Dr. Christopher Driscoll. They're both their husband, wife, their couple. I've had, I've had Chris Driscoll on here before, uh, but never Monica. And I was so thankful to get Monica. And then Chris hopped on and I was like, oh my gosh, this has got to be like a two part series because we went in. Uh, you just can't capture it in one hour. And she is deep. If you haven't read some of her works on hip hop and religion, their new book, Method as Identity, uh, get your notepads out again because this is going to be one of them things where you just break it down and 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 are just, uh, oh man, I, yeah, yeah you just, you going to see, you going to see. You're going to see, you're going to learn. Speaking of you going to learn, more more hype here, more more promotion, more selfless promotion. Uh, if you if you listen to me and if you if you know me, you know I do a lot of talking and uh, speaking. And uh, over the years, I've accumulated a lot of talks that I've recorded. So what I wanted to do was have a place to, uh, you know, kind of disseminate that information. And so I got another little kind of podcast-ish thing going on a White Hodge podcast called You Gonna Learn. Uh, or no, Gonna Learn Today. Sorry, I was like, You Gonna Learn. But it's called You Gonna Learn Today. Gonna Learn Today. G-O-N with the little dash, you know, Learn Today. So if you want to check that out, I've got a couple of talks up. I'm adding more every day. Um, I've had a problem with my RSS uh, with that particular feed, but uh, as soon as I can get that worked out, which I'm hoping to do here um, soon, uh, I will broadcast that. And it's, and, and it's going to be an interesting because I wanted to kind of archive some of these talks and some of these talks I gave, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, so it's just always interesting to hear kind of that language. But in reality, it's just a lot of the material that I've put out, particularly on hip hop and theology, hip hop and religion, this whole new Kanye thing, um, you know, just got me thinking. I was like, OK, I've I've done a lot on this. Let me start putting some of the material out there. So go and learn today. Right now, it's only up on, uh, it'll be up on SoundCloud and, and it's up on whitehodgepodcast.com. So you can go there and check those out. Uh, and I'll make a bigger announcement once it's out on all the platforms like Profane Faith. Um, so I will let y'all know. But that's coming up as well. And um, again, I wanted to just, you know, have a space where I could have you know, my talks placed and I, cause I get a lot of questions sometimes. Hey, you know what, what about this? And what about that? What about this? Well, here you go. And then I'll, and in the notes in the show notes, I can put in like, you know, the materials that I use and some of the references that I had and some of the, you know, the PDFs, the PowerPoints and whatnot. So it, it'll be a good little spot 
for folks to gain, uh, you know, just a little bit more information about whatever, whatever, right? So go and learn today, whitehodgepodcast.com. All right, this week's guest, oh my goodness. Uh, you may have seen her around on the internet. This is Sabrina Reyes-Peters. Uh, she is a, a she's uh, she defines herself as a bibliophile. She works in libraries. She loves library stuff. She has an MDiv. She calls herself a gentle agitator working on dismantling the hierarchy. K-Y-I-A-R-C-H-Y. She says she has a passion and knack for shepherding people, people towards the information they need due to her years of experience in libraries and bookstores. Vocationally, she says this has me starting on the long path towards ordination or chaplaincy. She says, you can attempt to join me as I attempt to chronicle this journey, uh, think through theology, dismantling the hierarchy, and reading books. She has a blog. I found her to be amazing. I love the posts that she puts out there. And I reached out, and she reached back, and I was like, I got to get you on the show. So this is her talking about just her life and her walk with Christianity and all the, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the bumps that have happened along the way there. So, without any further ado, again, if it's the first time listening, whitehodgepodcast.com. Keep your radars up for Progressively Black. Go Learn Today is up right now on uh, SoundCloud, and it's over on White Hodge Podcast. This is my conversation with Sabrina Reyes-Peters. Check it out. All right. Well, cool. Well, uh, Sabrina, thank you so much for coming on Profane Faith. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. It's great to have you. I follow you on social media. I love what you post um, and get into some of that and just our current socio-political, theological atmosphere. But first, where what's been going on from birth to now? Like, what's what's been going on for you? I imagine a few things. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Where do I start? Okay. So, <laughs> so um, my dad's Puerto Rican and... My and he grew up, he grew up on the island. Okay. Uh, uh, and my mom is Californian, <laughs> and um, thanks to Twenty Three and Me, I know that uh, most of her side of the family is British and German. Um, so anyway, I'm the first. I'm their firstborn, and uh, I have three younger brothers, and. Um, I was an only child for four, almost four years. Okay. Um, so um, <clears throat> I don't remember very, very much uh, as a kid, but I get flashbacks uh, now and then that make me think that it was quite an, quite an adjustment to not be the center of attention anymore. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. <laughs> Um, I was born, I was born going to church. Um, I've been going to church since I was a baby. Um, and again, I don't, I don't remember too much. I remember, um, I was about two or three, uh, <clears throat> and I somehow had a tambourine in my hands. My dad was, 
uh, leading some kind of singing for something with his guitar. Okay. And I just climbed up on the stage and I started banging the tambourine, not caring what I was doing. and kind of just like smiling <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I often wish that I could kind of regain that, that, that sense of confidence that I had in myself back then. Um, anyhow, so I don't want to make this too long, but, um, so, (laughs) so I was, so my parents were going to a Southern Baptist church, um, when I was a kid, um, my dad had come from more of a charismatic, uh, Nazarene background. Um, my mom was saved in a Southern Baptist church. Okay. Um, so I was a good church kid. I looked forward to getting candy from the candy lady every Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I went to Sunday school. I played with the kids. Um, I was always a slightly awkward kid. Um, and when I was around eight, seven or eight, I, well, I was baptized when I was eight, but when I was around seven or eight, um, I was listening to a, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but um, they were these uh, drama, dramatized stories for kids. Okay. Um, and they had Bible themes and they were called GT and the Halo Express. Wow. All right. <laughs> All right. And I was listening to one that talked about, that was talking about uh, like essentially the Romans road and um how people get to heaven and like uh what's like what what's gonna happen like if you don't if you don't accept jesus as your savior and i was listening to it going well i don't want to go to hell for sure so i'm gonna pray to ask jesus into my heart because i don't want to go to the bad place yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) And so I did that and I, and I remember going really excited to my mom. Hey mom, hey mom, I accepted Jesus into my heart. And she got all excited. Um, And I was baptized at Southern Baptist church when I was eight. Wow. Okay. Um, I was homeschooled uh, from, I like to say from birth uh, because there really is little distinction like between schooling and not schooling when Mm. your mom is in charge of like your schooling. Uh, (laughs) So I like to say that I was homeschooled from birth uh, until all the way until I graduated from high school. Um, Again, I was always a like good, mostly compliant church kid. Um, I did okay in school. Um, I went to youth group occasionally, although I didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, and I felt like I was always the odd, the odd kid out for some reason. Hmm. I don't know. What, um, um, let, me, let me just ask this real quick. What, what yeah. made you, and I don't mean to, to, pause, to, to cut you off. I just want to know like, what, yeah. what were some things that like you felt were like made you the odd kid out or, you know, or was it somebody telling you like, Oh man, you're just, you're odd. Yeah. So, and no one ever came out and told me as much. And that's a good question. Um, but I always got the sense, um, that they were 
like they had to force themselves to include me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always got comments like, oh, you're so smart. Oh, you're so quiet. Blah, blah. Your brain, your brain is like a sponge. Like, okay. Um, and people liked having me like on their Bible quiz team because uh. I was like, I could soak up things uh, and like memorize them. No problem. Um, but I never felt like I fit in with like the rest of the, um, girls my age, um, who were always talking to each other mm-hmm. and kind of like a giggle doing that giggling kind of thing that, uh-huh. uh, group, groups of girls do. And I make a comment and like try to join the conversation and they give me this look like, like, where did you come from? <laughs> um, but like, I, I just couldn't really, I just couldn't relate to them uh, very much. I enjoyed reading a lot. Um, I got my first job when I was 15, uh, working in a library and I kind of fell in love with that work. Um, and I would do all of my schoolwork in the morning and then in the afternoons I would go work at the public library. <laughs> Um, and, uh, when I graduated high school and it came close to kind of deciding what I wanted to do after that, I was kind of at a loss because I really enjoyed working in the library, but I realized that between graduating high school and getting the master's, getting a master's degree. Like there is that space where I could pretty much do anything that I wanted to do because having a a bachelor's level training in library science doesn't really get you very far these days. Mm. Um, And so I tried to listen to other people um, and didn't like their ideas, but I eventually just went to, the community college to um, get those general um, education credits uh, out of the way. Yep. Yes. Um, and I really enjoyed school there. Big surprise. Right. <laughs> um, one of my friends introduced me to some of her friends uh, around that time, and she was going to a free Methodist church, um, and she invited me to couple of their evening services and I got involved um, in one of the Bible studies that she'd go to. And I got in with this uh, small group of people who were really into studying the Bible and like debating all the time. <laughs> all right. And, Sounds familiar. Yes. Yes. And I'm talking and I'm talking like these guys would and, and yes, most of them were dudes. Uh, these guys were, they would go to Starbucks and they would sit there for like three, four, five, six hours. Okay. Uh, re- reading their Bible and like, and, and one of them had uh, those keyword Bibles. So like the Bibles that give you like the diction, oh, the, yeah. the number oh, yeah. corresponding with their Greek word. And so they'd be like, Oh, it's a Greek. This says blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I used to have a couple of those. So I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yes. 
And eventually, like I got it, I got into it too. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Like I can study the Bible for three hours at a time. And um, so when the time came to transfer from community college, I decided to go to uh, the master's college, which is now the master's university. Um, the school that was kind of head by John MacArthur. I don't think he's technically the head anymore. I think he's kind of more of a mascot as a chancellor now. Um, but I decided to go for a biblical languages major because I thought, All what right. could be more what could be more fun than actually learning the Greek and the Hebrew instead of just like using one of these, keyword bibles that's right. that's right so you went in you was like man i'm jumping i'm jumping right into this <laughs> yeah um and i really liked it like i i i really loved going to class i really loved learning from my professors i did really well um in my greek classes um hebrew classes i struggled a little bit but um I would say that I had a pretty decent uh, academic experience as far as um, conservative evangelical institutions go. Mm -hmm. It was the, it was the other stuff that that weighed me down, um, just like the the legal the legalistic aspects of going to that school, like all the rules about how to dress and like no dancing and um, we were required to go to church uh, twice a week. And when we came to chapel on Mondays, we had to go to chapel uh, three days per week. Um, when wow. we came to chapel Monday morning, we had to mark that, yes, we went to church. And so I probably could have gotten away with um, fibbing, but being the good Christian kid that I was, I was like, I have to go to church and I have to go to a Bible study in the middle of the week. And so I was like doing a full-time course load. I was going to a midweek Bible study. I was doing work study um, so I could pay for school. On the side, I was doing some like babysitting gigs so I could have money for like food and gas and stuff. Um, I was doing quite a lot and I think I, and I think that that coupled with kind of the heavy, the heavy, um, the heavy, I'm going to say heavy religious atmosphere because it was very rules-based. Um, I think it started to weigh down on me and, um, I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago, like, I think I've actually been struggling with the depression a little bit hmm. off and on, off and on. I don't know when it started, but I think it, it started sometime when I was going to the master's college and, um, I actually got off easy, um, with my experience there in that I didn't quote, get into trouble with student leadership at all. Cause I kind of kept my head down. But I know a lot of other people who had a really awful, like uh, spiritually, emotionally abusive times there. Um, and I don't know if you saw on the internet a couple years ago, um, there's a story about uh, Jane, 
Does hmm. that does that ring a bell? It does not um, right off him. Okay. But I'm following Yeah, let you. me let me summarize it. <clears throat> Try to summarize it a little bit. So uh Jane went to the Masters College. Uh she also went to Grace Community Bible Church, which is essentially part of the Masters College because they have the their leadership overlaps with like John MacArthur and his friends and things. Um uh, and one, and she went to a Bible study one night, and then she woke up the next day discovering that she had been raped. Oh, jeez. Um, and and so she went to the police. Um, uh, somebody on campus like helped helped her go to the police, and then when she tried to bring it to the church leadership and the school leadership. Um, they were basically a victim blaming. Um, they tried, to, they put her in a room uh, with the rapist and um, tried to force her to forgive him because he oh. was obviously like, oh. he was tor- torn up about what he did. And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And so they essentially like, expelled expelled her um from the school because she didn't uh follow uh, their guidelines for this situation <laughs> um the story came out a couple years ago and with that uh, a small group of people from the master's college have kind of gotten together to uh commiserate and um it turns out there's there's quite a few of us who have since then become very disillusioned with uh, that whole um, fundy evangelical college experience, mm-hmm. and um, the master's college is not even is not even the worst of them. Oh, um, so I, that's kind of a rabbit trail there. Um, but no, 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 that's right on. That's right on. <laughs> that'll give you an idea of like the environment that, that I was in. Um, so I graduated there and I decided that since I loved, uh, studying Greek and Hebrew so much, um, that I would go to seminary and continue. (laughs) Um, and I was listening to other people, uh, especially like my dorm, my dorm, leadership they they would tell me things like oh like you're so gifted with languages like you should go be a missionary and and stuff and then i would be like oh yeah that sounds that sounds nifty like maybe maybe i could do that um yeah because somebody gifted at languages uh has to do something spiritual (laughs) um so I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go teach English somewhere or something. So I went to seminary mostly because I liked studying. I liked studying the Bible and I wasn't completely sold on like the whole serving overseas thing, but I thought, Hey, it couldn't hurt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. All right. Come on. So, um, I went to a Baptist seminary, um, and 
uh, as a whole, they weren't, they were not pro women's ordination. So I didn't hear a lot about women becoming pastors. Um, the faculty uh, were kind of uh, on different, of different minds on this issue. So you could talk to one faculty member who would be pro like women, women should be pastors and all of that. And you could talk to another faculty member who would be like, no, I don't think women should be pastors or elders or anything like that. Um, so I didn't get, I didn't get any um, encouragement on that front. Although I knew one or two people um, one or two women who were uh, essentially functioning as uh, pastors um, and elders. Uh, but after a year of going there, um, one morning I woke up and I physically couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, oh no, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> um, is this my body like telling me that I'm done? Or, you know, is there something wrong with my brain? Like, like I don't. I don't know, like my body is refusing to get, to get out of bed. I just can't, I can't function today. So yeah. I basically spent a week at home. Um, I had to cancel all my classes. And then after that week, I decided to withdraw from all of my classes, except for one, I think. Um, wow. And then I went to a doctor and, and he couldn't find anything wrong with me. And he said, I think you're probably depressed. Do you want me to prescribe you some antidepressants? And I was like, no, I don't think I need antidepressants because like I'm physically, like my body's physically tired. I can't even climb up the stairs to my little apartment. Um, and so I went to another more naturally minded doctor and she was like, here, you probably have some adrenal fatigue, like slash burnout. Um, you can do kind of these things to get better. Um, and she tried to help me. Um, and the following semester or following quarter, I only took one class again and then when school let out, I kind of had this like crisis. I was like, oh, I was supposed to come here and like go to school full time. And I was on a scholarship and oh, like I had to drop down to like one class and I don't even know like what I'm, what I'm doing anymore. Like, why am I here? <laughs> and, and, um, over summertime, one of my friends introduced me to her friend who was going to go to London mm -hmm. to King King's College to do uh, graduate biblical studies. Oh, and wow. she was a sing single mom with three kids and she needed someone to help her uh, with the kids. Um, and they're like, oh, you could be her au pair or something like that. Um, and we kind of all agreed to it, not knowing that uh, au pairs from the United States are basically not allowed into Great Britain with without all this paperwork. Oh. So I, I was like, sure, I'll go live in London for three months. No problem. Um, I'll just uh, drop everything here. 
Um, and so I pack up a bunch of my stuff. I land in Heathrow and I do like the number one thing that you're not supposed to do. Um, well, when you're traveling internationally and you've like landed in your destination airport, you're supposed to have like all of this information with you. Like, where are you staying? Who, who are you staying with? If you're staying with, um, a resident, um, why are you here? How long are you going to be here? I didn't have the information of where I would be staying. So I try to, I try to go through immigration and customs uh, without the information. And naturally they mark me as a suspicious person and they hold me in the tent in the detention center at Heathrow um, overnight for about 12 hours. Oh my gosh. Uh, And then they send me home. (laughs) Um, They send me home. And one of the reasons they send me home is because my last name, my surname is Reyes. And like I, I'm some suspicious like Mexican or Hispanic terrorist that was trying to get into the Great Britain, and I'm like, okay, oh, <laughs> whatever. Yes. So it was the Reyes and Lopez's who who crashed into the towers. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so and so they send me back, and at that point, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do here? Like. I try to go to seminary and like that, that's not working very well. Cause like, I'm not feeling great. And then I try to do this other thing and that's not working. Like I am completely lost. And so I kind of just dump everything and I go uh, live uh, with my parents for a year. I can't find a job um, during that year. And so I decide to go to go back to seminary after a year off. Um, and I kind of take it a little bit easier and I graduate, um, in May of 2013. Okay. Um, still, still not having heard very much about women in ordination. Uh, although by that time, um, having taken a couple of preaching classes, uh, where the professor was like, you should, you should go actually find a church where they can let you, uh, preach and stuff. And I was going to a complementarian conservative evangelical church. And I was like, no, like I can do youth group. It'll be fine. Like, so I graduated a seminary without a, real sense of direction. Okay. But I, but I knew I liked working in libraries still. Um, surprise, surprise. So, um, by that time I had also, uh, married, um, and we were living in Lynchburg, Virginia. Oh, wow. (laughs) That was quite a a departure from the Pacific Northwest where I was going to seminary. Um, (laughs) so I had gone, like I was born in California, um, in Southern California. I went to school or college in Southern California. I went to seminary in, uh, Washington state and then for, and then somehow ended up in Lynchburg, uh, Virginia. Um, 
Um, we were married and my partner was going to Liberty University at the time, which is like the Whoa. main reason we were in Lynchburg. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, you, this, okay, this is shaping <laughs> up. This is okay. You got the Bible languages, <laughs> Baptist. Now you got, okay, Liberty. I got, I got to hear this now, Sabrina. I got to hear this because this is, if y'all listening, this is interesting to hear this because this is like what you're posting is very interesting online. But go, please continue. This yes. is fascinating. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, so we're in Lynchburg and I'm like newly married, newly graduated from seminary. Um, I see kind of all of this like heavily Baptist culture around me and I just get a really bad taste in my mouth. And I was like, like, I'm sure there are some good people here, but when I see all these Baptist churches, like I'm also seeing American flags and that doesn't sit with me. That doesn't sit with me very well. And so I decide hmm. to start exploring other things. Um, and I end up at a um, conservative uh, Anglican church. And I thought, this is really different. Um, I'm going to check this out like to see, to see how they do things. Um, and I believe they're still part of the American um, Anglican church in North America, ACNA for short. Um, so they baptize babies and every Sunday, like they follow the same liturgy from a prayer book. And I was like, wow, I could. I could really get used to this because I, by that time, by that time I had gotten really tired of like the same, the same kind of uh, patterns that I would find in the churches that I went to before. Like they would all follow like the same kind of pattern, but they were also throwing it together. So it didn't have any real substance to me. Um, not much, not much, uh, kind of tying it all together. Um, so I found a lot of comfort in following a, a printed liturgy every week, um, and taking the Eucharist, um, every week and, holding the Eucharist um, in more reverence than uh, most of the churches uh, I had been to um, held the Eucharist, um, the communion or the Lord's Supper as some people call it. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed going to the Anglican church. Um, I tried to get involved a little bit uh, and then we, and then we decided to, after a couple years in Lynchburg, we decided to move to, um, Lewistown, Pennsylvania, where my partner grew up. And let me backtrack here a little bit. So my partner was going to Liberty University to, um, complete a graphic design Degree, but okay. he was discovering he was discovering that um, they were not being taught market practices, and he was able to do most of this work on his own. Uh, so he 
just kind of like gradually dropped out of school because um, he discovered that he could teach himself like coding and stuff like that. And to top that off, he also did not have a very good experience like with the leadership um, at the school um, when he was uh, single and living in the dorms. Um, he did not have a very good experience there. Um, and he was just, uh, sick of that kind of like, again, heavy, like religious, uh, atmosphere. Um, so he decided not to go there anymore. Um, he was able to land a full-time job after teaching himself for like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then knowing that I kind of always wanted to go back to the Seattle area, uh, we decided to move back, uh, to Pennsylvania <clears throat> to save up money because it was a super small town, cost of living very low. Um, so we did that for about six months. Um, and by that time, I had started to become disillusioned with like conservative churches in general, because by this time, like Ferguson had happened. Ah, um, ah, and yes. I was like going to church looking for some kind of affirmation that mm-hmm. it, it was even a thing like that. If it was a thing that happened, like not even like, Oh, that this was a bad thing, but even acknowledge, you know, that it, did happen. And I would go to church, um, not even just like the little Anglican church that I was going to, but like, I would also go to a couple other churches in town once in a while. And like, nobody would mention it. And I was like, well, I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) Um, and uh, so I started, I, I started to become disillusioned with like conservative evangelical, uh, approaches to mm-hmm. the problem of white supremacy. And by that time I had also come around to being a uh, pro women's ordination. Um, and I didn't, I, I just didn't feel like going to church for a while. And I did not go oh, to yeah. church uh, for a while. Um, even when we moved back to um, the Seattle area. Um, so yeah, I did not go to church for a while. And so I'm, I'm kind of still in that space. Like I'm kind of still really disappointed uh, um, with how most churches I've been to treat uh, issues that are real, that uh, people in the congregation are are thinking, thinking about, um, are going through like these, uh, these crises. Um, even the church that I go to now, um, an Episcopal church, uh, even though like I love the people there, most of the congregation is white and middle class, upper middle class, um, just like well-to-do people. And so on an average Sunday from the pulpit, I won't really hear very much about the goings on um, in the United States um, beyond, like I mentioned in the prayers of the people or whatever. Um, So 
even though I go to church, like I'm still like I, I was talking with a friend yesterday, like it's really hard to find a church that will know how to lament, um, mm. that will know how to mourn with mm. people who mm. are suffering. Um, and especially with issues immediately um, pertaining to the United States, like white supremacy and like uh, LGBTQ discrimination, like that's being uh, discussed in the courts right now. It's really hard to find a church that will uh, mourn with those who mourn. Like they, they will either just mention it or they'll gloss over it. Um, so right now I am looking for a job. Um, I've been out of work for a couple of years. I decided to uh, take a break because the work I was doing was, wasn't um, <clears throat> doing my health any favors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I was going to a library school for a while for my second master's degree, but I had to uh, quit for a couple of reasons before I finished. Um, and so for a while there, I was, I was thinking about, um, using my master's of divinity and considering some type of ordination. And I think I'm still kind of in that space where I'm considering it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's kind of like in combination with, with like these negative impressions of the different churches that I go to for the most part. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, let me ask this. I mean, because this is so. This is this is fascinating. This is why I love you know hearing people's story and just in where in where folks have been. It sounds a lot of folks have have mentioned just that you know Ferguson was kind of ground zero, either that or Trayvon Martin. Um, yes, and you know, and it's quickly becoming 2016 another ground. You know, the election of 2016, another yes. you know uh, ground zero moment for folks. How are you? engaging then theologically with, you know, with some of the issues. And, 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 and I'd be curious just to know, like, what's some of that transition? How did you go from conservatism, looking at keyword study Bibles and <laughs> then, in you know, and then looking and saying LGBTQ folks have a place, you know, in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, how did, I mean, and yes. I'm assuming that's, that's, that's where you're at based off of what I know about you. Um, yes. please correct me if, if I'm wrong. No, um, you're right. Um, I did. I, I, I think it did uh, start with becoming, uh, quote, egalitarian um, and pro women's ordination. Like I started, um, <clears throat> that seed was planted in a class that I took on the pastoral epistles in seminary. Um, and the professor who was teaching it was um, egalitarian. And um, he, kind of paved the way for me a little bit to ask uh, better questions of the text. Like, what is this text saying? And what what is it not saying that mm. like I'm trying to make it say? And like there there's an actual context and situation uh, for those words. And I can't just take those words uh, in a vacuum and just like apply it to whatever that I want to apply it to. Um, so it started there and then, um, 
my partner is out as bisexual and he came out to me uh, while I was still kind of like struggling internally with like, oh, can I, uh, can I really call like LGBTQ people Christians? Like, is it a sin or not? Um, because in seminary, I had written a paper, a very short paper um, on homosexuality, a sin. And I am embarrassed to say that the conclusion at the end of my paper was that, yes, it was a sin. And obviously I've come, I've come away from that. But again, just like listening to people's stories and then looking at the text again and asking myself, what is it actually saying? What would the people, the people who were contemporary uh, with the author, uh, what would they have read the text as saying? Um, What do these words really mean? Um, And how do I apply them? Um, so I am affirming now, and I would say it's basically because of listening to people's stories and like developing, developing more of a sense of, um, empathy. And I would venture to guess that, uh, a lot of non-affirming people just don't just have it taken the time to listen to other people's uh, stories. And so for them, it's, it's more of an exercise in emotions. Yes. But also uh, logic and what they've been told for most of their lives. Um, So that's, that's where I am on LGBTQ. Um, And then as far as a white supremacy, um, I don't, I try to be observant um, and I try to listen to other people. And what I've observed living in the city is that although it 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 puts on a good face of being progressive, um, I I think a lot of people uh, do see Seattle as being like a liberal, progressive city. Um, the city is actually segregated, um, and not formally segregated, but um, they're they're obviously like. <clears throat> invisible lines drawn uh, through the city of like where this group of people is supposed to live and where this group of people is now supposed to live. Um, And so if you go further south into the city, you'll find um, you'll find like poorer areas of the city and surprise, surprise is where you'll also find like uh, more black communities and I have noticed um, in other areas that this city is not very progressive uh, as well. Um, For example, uh, the mayor wants to tax uh, rideshares in order to pay for a new type of 
public transportation. So she's taxing the people who ride and I'm assuming it's going to be taxing like the people who drive who are mostly immigrants um, instead of like these billionaires who have presence in our city, um, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and on and on. Um, <clears throat> and I do get frustrated too uh, because um, the church that I go to, they try to play the middle a lot, okay. um, which is all well and good in some cases, like, I guess, like, I guess, like, they're, they're about, like, the whole unity thing, but um, I felt, I felt that frustration again um, on Sunday when I was at church, and the priest was talking about this new small group, um, and he called it an activist, a small group, and he said that people in this small group would get together and like write letters to their officials about um, issues that they were really concerned about, um, passionate about. And you said there was no political agenda. Anybody could come like that. It was all just about uh, communicating and writing letters and, and stuff. And I'm like sitting there like, really like how can you how can you call this an an activist group when they're not really doing things that activists do um (laughs) and i yeah um things like that really frustrate me um and I will um, complain and rant to anybody who will let me, but that's as far that's as far as I get as like making a difference in the community. One other one other small thing that I like to do, um, and it most weeks it's the highlight of my week is that I volunteer at the local LGBTQ uh, resource center and library. Okay, and I have found that um, that has been a really great way to learn more people's stories um, and to learn how to love uh, the LGBTQ community better. Um, And some, some weeks I don't talk to anybody, but it, I just do like some library work or whatever. But um, I like to, I like to think that even if I'm not making a great difference there. I'm at least uh, gaining some tools that I could go and take uh, somewhere else. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and okay. So, I mean, you've, you, you've, you've covered some good ground here. Um, How have you then engaged with, I mean, this is a, a, a in my estimation and I'll, I'll put this on me, but then we live in a crazy time right now. I mean, it feels like we've taken, you know, easily a hundred steps back and regressed, you know, you know, it, it almost a century. And so how are you navigating some of that? Um, particularly just with some of the laws that are out there, you know, w- regarding women's bodies and, uh, reprodu- reproductive rights. Um, how, you know, how do you deal with, so I know one of your Instagram posts one day, well, it was cracking me up. And at the same time I said, man, that's real. And you, um, 
you posted it, it oh it was uh it was one with you had the the wonder woman uh shirt on you said you know does anyone know where uh it was oh I yeah, yeah. i remember it was like does anyone i was asking if anyone knew where the island of the mascara is um because that's where the amazonians live like, yes there are no men allowed <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes um yeah, um, I kind of just take it a day at a time. I remember uh, during the Kavanaugh hearings, oh, like Lord. my my jaw was like clenched the entire week, and I was and I was realizing that one day, and I was like, "Why is my jaw so tense?" And then I kind of did some internal examination, and I found out that I was angry. Like I haven't even. Like I haven't even experienced uh, the depth of what the depths of what many women have gone through as or um in regards to uh, sexual harassment or sexual assault. But I was just like sitting there the entire week, so angry that like all these people were taking the side of the perpetrator and like the, the oppressor and like leaving, leaving the people who are suffering and saying, Oh, like you're not as important, like goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I kind of just take it a day at a time because if I sit here and I think about it too much, then I just start getting really angry. And then some days, like I, I just, I just start feeling really down on myself. Um, and, uh, um, politically speaking, I've made quite a few shifts, um, over the years as well and would now consider myself to be some kind of a socialist uh, because after listening to people um, and reading um, liberation, a couple of liberation theologians and um, reading um, some other uh, socialist theologians like uh, Helmut Goldwitzer. Um, I've I've come to be of the firm conviction that uh, Christians shouldn't just preach; they should practice what they preach and like love their neighbor as themselves. And so. I, I, I try to keep my, I try to keep myself, um, in that mindset. Um, and sometimes I do do that little escapism thing. And I like bury myself in books, um, in theology books and books that are, uh, pro socialism. And I do that, but, uh, I would say that generally speaking, I just take it a day at a time. Um, and I try to uh, maintain some type of awareness as to what I'm thinking and like what, what I'm doing um, and what I say to other people.
it's hard. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it is hard. I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's a, it's a perplexing time. I mean, I think we're in an era where a lot of the, what we, what the, the prescription culture that we had, right. And I would include, you know, Christians in that I would include people like, I like to call it the Tony Robbins, you know, culture. It's like, you know, you got the, uh, inspirational speakers, motivational speakers like him, you know, that have made, you know, millions, uh, off of telling people what to think and how to, how to, how to act and do these, these five things. And, and, you know, you'll be all right. And I think so much of evangelical Christianity is built on that al along with just our Western society. Right. And, that's, and, you know, and now we're seeing those, modalities broken and uh you know from the top down and yeah it yes. is it's disjointing in 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 many regards um how do you how do you survive how do you survive this what do you you know what what do you do to uh keep momentum forward or or not i mean you know just you know, just keep it real it's profane faith you know it's like shoot you, you know it's, it's not as always have to be in this in this positive light i mean I, and i get it i mean somebody myself who struggles with anxiety and, and depression i mean there are days when i just don't i just want to sit on the couch and and not yeah. do much yeah um i mentioned uh doing the escapist thing and i think that that's what i tend to do um with books and when i'm like feeling like when my brain is like no, I've had enough. Like I can't think anymore. I don't want to process anymore. I just tend to go, um, and read just like really, uh, insipid novels mm. and kind of mm. just, uh, read for hours at a time and just forget where I am. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably, it's probably not the healthiest thing to do. Um, but one other thing that I've been trying to uh, get better at this year is to do things like breath work, um, mm, yeah. and, uh, meditation, like yes. even, even if it's just for a couple minutes, um, I found that that's really helpful at, uh, it's really helpful at helping me like, um, grow my awareness of, um, both internal workings, like what's going on inside of me. And then, um, by extension also help me be more observant of what's around me. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's deep. I know my therapist is continually reminds me of breath work and, you know, anytime I come in like, Oh, and he's just like, have you been doing your breath work? I'm like, Oh no, no, I haven't. So no, that's, that's a, you know, even now it's a great reminder. Um, Wow. Um, what are you working on currently? I mean, what, what do you got, you know, in the hopper? What's, 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 what's next for Sabrina? Oh, well, um, as I said, I am job hunting and like, I have been at this, uh, for the better part of the year with some breaks in between. Um, and at this point, uh, I, I will just be happy to get, any kind of, uh, decent job right now. Um, I have tried, or I don't know if I'm still trying, uh, to start a theology reading group at my church, uh, because one thing that I noticed, um, in that church is that, um, they, they like to study, uh, the mystics, um, and they like to talk about spirituality, which is all well and good, but 
I get easily bored in those type of situations. And I kind of wanted to recreate like a mini informal seminary type situation where people would be reading like the same theology book and then come together and discuss it. Um, and over the summer I was trying to, uh, start it and I was talking to some people and that might still be in the works. So there's that. Um, and I have taken a unplanned break from my blog, uh, but I hope to <clears throat> put something up there very soon. Um, what else am I doing? Like I, I really live a low key life. There's just like a, not a lot, there's not a lot, uh, going on i think that's basically it no that's what's up i mean and, I, and again i asked that and not in a, <laughs> a neo-capitalist sense like oh you have to be productive but then it's just a genuine <laughs> ask i mean because yeah. you know and i get that i mean because i think that i know i've fallen you know victim to that where you know you always have to be this productive and doing more and more and more but it's like you said it's like that i like I'm, I'm trying to be more low key about certain things and be okay with it i mean um yeah 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 um, and to be honest like a job hunting it, it takes a lot more out of people than i think some are willing to admit like it's hard like if you're looking and you just keep getting ghosted by people yep yep i hate job hunting i hate it with a passion i it is yeah it's a scourge <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just horrible. You do all this work, um, you know, and then you turn I mean, and I don't know how your applications are. I mean, for applying in the academy, it's like you literally have to turn in a whole thesis um, only yes. to get nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing back. Not an email, not anything. Oh, um, it's so harsh. It's so I'm like, wait, I just. OK. OK, OK. Um, well, this has been amazing. I thank you for your time and just, you know, telling, you know, sharing your story and just where you're at. I, um, I too struggle with church. I'm, I'm glad you're still in. That gives me some hope. I have, my partner and I have just kind of like, ah, we're just going to just pause on church. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, where can folks find you at? You know, say they want to like, hey, let's get Sabrina on the uh the speaking circuit and let's let's bring her out, let's get some books out by her. She loves reading them, let's write and let's have her write one. Where can folks come get you? Okay, so I'm on Twitter. Um my handle is at SDRP underscore. Um and if you need help remembering that. Uh, if you need help remembering that, um, the, those are just my initials. So Sabrina D. Uh, Reyes Peters. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter, you can probably find me pretty easily on Instagram. Um, cause I'm blanking on my handle right now. <laughs> um, but besides my Instagram, I uh, do have a blog that I mentioned, and that is sdrp.me. So sdrp.me. Okay. Perfect. And like I said, I'll put these, as I always say for folks listening, put these in the show notes, go to whitehodgepodcast.com, and you get linked up uh, with what uh, Sabrina's doing. And you also are, are, are active on eBay. 
If I if I, oh, if I correct yeah, you, yeah, I'm an I'm a newbie. Like I I found these. Well, I found an old book, and then I remembered that I had an old book, and I was like, I wonder if these would make any money. Like I've never used mm. eBay before, but I know old books. Like I I know how to price old books. So let's see let's see what's gonna happen here. That's awesome. I love it. I, I love the I love the narrative and the weave of of librarian books and and having that connect. I love it. That's that is awesome. Yes, I will also post that in the show notes too, in case oh, nice. those who are interested. <laughs> I did see the one book you the one book you had posted. That's 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 what got me. I was like, oh, she's on eBay. Um, was it Sermons by the Devil or something? Like that? Yes, <laughs> Sermons by the Devil. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. That's a whole nother conversation right there. But um, <laughs> Sabrina, thanks so much for taking the time out and sharing your story and just being vulnerable and, and coming on Profane Faith. Uh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. 